collect your sand so you can find your pearl. Hey, it's Puneet Surana and this is Galata. This is the second part of the three-part solo episode series focused on networking. In this episode, we will be focusing on the three things to do when you arrive at a networking event, how to become a powerful super host, remembering, storing, and most of all, recalling people's faces, names, and their milestones, and so much more. If you haven't heard of the first solo episode where we talk about all the strategies and tactics you need to equip yourself with before you even make it to an event, please go ahead and give it a listen. It's listed in the show notes. In this episode, it's all about what to do when you arrive at an event. Collect the sand around you so you can find your pearl. This is a very powerful story that I get back to every now and then. There was a king who was taking his prince along for a hunting session and both of them were riding their horses in the forest when they spotted a very beautiful deer. The king started following the deer and so did the prince and slowly they left the entourage that had come along with them and were deep into the thick woods. At this point, it became late in the night, pitch darkness, and they decided to halt their hunting and sleep. The next morning, after waking up, the prince noticed that he had lost the pearl in his ring and meekly went to the king and said, I've lost the pearl on the ring. The king was smart and had presence of mind and he said, well, we slept here last night. So he took his veil out, which he had around his waist and asked the prince to collect the sand around the area that they were in, that at, at the area they were in. And so he took the whale out from his waist and handed it to the prince and asked him to collect the sand around the horses and the place where both of them slept. The prince was puzzled, but he couldn't refuse the king. So he picked up the sand and, and loaded it in this whale, tied it and took it along back to the kingdom. Once they reached back, the king asked the prince to open the whale and look for the pearl. While the prince was looking through the sand, he found the pearl that belonged to his ring. Well, boys and girls, you and I have to collect a lot of sand and sift through it to find pearls of people. People who can be your well-wishers, your supporters, your followers, your team members, or just or just somebody that directs you and moves you forward. Why is it that I have tweaked and reformed my networking skills? Is because I'm always on a hunt for a pearl. And when I find pearls like people, people who are like Navratnas, which is nine pearls, I make sure I bring them into my life and value them.
the three things to do when you arrive at a networking event, you got to arrive early. There is some serious advantage in arriving early at events. If you're 10 minutes early, well, you're on time. In India, we don't respect and follow boundaries around time, including our own. However, if you're able to make it to an event on time or even before time, like I'm asking you to, you'll be able to interact with people, get them to be comfortable. And a lot of times, the key people who get mobbed after the event are relatively relaxed and at ease before the event. So you can have an interaction with them before the mob hits them or they're inundated with so many people that you're lost in the crowd. So arriving early is definitely a way to stand out. Remember, if you're 10 minutes early, you're on time. On a side note, when you go for events where you want to network, you want to build connections, you want to meet people, always go alone. There is something magical and it takes a lot of courage to go alone. However, once you start going alone, you don't have a choice but to interact with people, to initiate conversations, to build the situational awareness around you in this new surrounding. Your body is hyper aware and you're sensitive to things which are usually lost when we're distracted on our phones or we're distracted with people that we take along in events. And a lot of times that I have noticed, it's so hard to find somebody else who's as enthusiastic about going and meeting new people. So if you take somebody along who isn't high energy or who's low or who's more introvert than you or more reserved than you are, they are pulling your vibe down. You don't want to take them along. So go on your own. Yes, go on your own by yourself to these events and build a new circle of people. And when you find somebody who's way better than you at networking, tag them along because now they're building your vibe. They're building the conversations that you have. They are adding value instead of just eating energy off of you or just being reserved. Well, if, if you're going to take somebody who's reserved, who's introvert, it's a lot of effort to get them to open up, to get them to meet people and then take them along. And I highly recommend for you to go alone. Give it a shot for the next five events and see what difference this makes. It takes courage, I know. I hope you'll trust your abilities and go and network by yourself. Two, walking through the venue. When I arrive at an event, I always walk through the entire venue. I look for what would be the crowd flow, the food area, the coffee area, the vending machines, where the washrooms are. I even at times go into the men's washroom and see if it's clean or not. If I'm entering an event midway, um, if there are multiple sessions lined up, I see if they're on time, if they're running late. And I also look at the tags that people have, what color codes are they and what access does these color codes have. These are all small bits that I keep noticing. Why? Because it builds my situational awareness. And I get to use these to my advantage. I can tell you so many instances where I've used simplest of things and supported people or have navigated around people or directed people in a way in which they think I'm part of the organizing committee or I've been to this place all my life. But the truth is I've just been there 15 minutes early and I've checked it out. To build your situational awareness, 
Go around the entire venue. Look at these small things. Look at the people who are already there, what they are busy doing, what color codes their tags have. If the access are restricted, is there a guest only area? If there's a VIP area, like a VIP lounge, then keep in mind how to access it, what access points are there as you go around a new venue. Or even if it's an old venue, please go around it because every organizer or host changes or uses the venue according to their own needs. And you need to be abreast with it the minute you are in the venue. Now, while I walk around the venue, I look for usually the front rows to sit on. Now, I don't go and sit immediately. I take my bag and I keep it in one of the front row seats. And I just let it be. This is a fantastic technique that I've figured. Because once I keep my bag somewhere in the front row, which I feel is a comfortable spot, now I'm free. I have my seat reserved. And... Trust me, you can trust the host and the organizer that your belongings will be safe. At times I was a little anxious. I would always look at a point where I could get a direct camera view. But after a point, I started developing trust with the hospitality teams across venues. And now I know that my belongings are safe. So keep it at a place which you prefer and there's no sitting. You want to keep it just to reserve your seat. Why? Because a seat can change your life. How to find the right seat? Well, we'll get to it in a bit. But here's how I got to sit next to Narayan Murthy, sir. For two hours. I was in my second year of college in my undergraduate studies. And I knew that Infosys organizes their annual general meetings in our college auditorium. And it was the same building in which my classroom was. And this was on a Saturday. So we had a half day and I knew Infosys is coming in. So I waited for another three hours from 12 noon to 3 p.m. until the annual general meeting started. Now, this was an extraordinary general meeting where the CEO roles were changing. So in about 35 plus years or so, this is the first time where Narayan Murthy sir and Sudha Murthy ma'am were sitting on the other side, which is in the audience side and not on the dais with the rest of the board members. I being the student of the college, I did not have to go through the security checks. So I was able to directly go into the auditorium. And what I usually do is I usually go and sit in the front rows. So I kept going straight towards the dais until there was a VIP area ribbon. But because I was a student and I noticed Narayan Moti sir sitting in the second row and a seat being empty next to him and a lady sitting uh, after that, that was the alley. I asked the lady, is the seat taken? And she said, no, it's not taken. You can sit. And I took it as a yes. And I went and sat next to Narayan Moti sir. For the next two hours, while the extraordinary general meeting happened, I sat next to him and I got to witness him up and close of his simplicity, his ability to look at things. In fact, I remember um, in the front row on the left aisle was Sudhamurti ma'am sitting. And we were on the second row of the central aisle. She had all the financial details on the sheet and she would study them so diligently. And at times she would just look back and give Narayan Murti a look. And I thoroughly enjoyed their <laughs> non-verbal communication. And that two hours changed the way I do a lot of things because of his demeanor, of his simplicity and of his humility. So a chair 
can change your life. Seating next to the right person can change your life. And that is why once you keep your bag or your belongings on a seat that you prefer, I want you to be around the venue. Look around the chairs, talk to people, interact with them, initiate conversation. Look, we discussed the three strategies in our previous episode. If you haven't listened to it, please do so. Because you'll need to now be able to initiate conversations while everybody else is slowly settling down. And while you're initiating conversations and building the situation awareness of who's coming in, who's moving around, do keep in mind that you're looking for somebody interesting to sit next to. And at times, the event may also begin for the first 5, 6, 10 minutes. And I want you to keep an eye for somebody interesting that comes in and sits. So then you can take your bag and move next to them. You position yourself next to them. Now, it could be a VIP. It could be just somebody that you think, hey, this person looks interesting. I would like to know more about them. And a good way to start the interaction is to find a seat right beside them and go and sit there. Well, if you don't find anybody, no worries. You still get your preferred seat. Now, I see some terrible mistakes that founders and startup employees make all the time. And I want you to stand apart. Maybe it's a panel discussion or it's a speech or it's multiple sessions lined up. There's always an FAQ section. There's always a section for you to ask questions. Why? Because if you ask a good relevant question that lands and is answered appropriately, that becomes an icebreaker for the entire audience to interact with you. They will come to you. In fact, there have been so many times where people have come to me and like, that was a very good question and then add their bits to it or then add their perspectives to it or at times just give me a compliment saying, hey, thank you for asking that question. It was on my mind too. Now, how do you get to that? Let's discuss that. Three big no-nos about asking a question. One, no personal or controversial question. Today, in this day and age, we all have controversy. And the bigger the person, the bigger the controversies that they have in their past or at the moment. You won't be pointing at them. Don't be that person that points at a controversy to get a quick bite. You're not a journalist who wants to clickbait somebody or question bait somebody in a room packed with people that are relevant for you and your business. So skip the personal controversial question. Two, do not get into an extended introduction, which is actually a pitch for the rest of the audience. In my experience, when I used to do it, it never really worked. The audience never really converted into paying customers, not worth the effort. Do not get into multiple follow-up questions or or ask a lengthy paragraph-sized question. Here's what you got to do. You keep it short, very short and crisp, which means at times you may need to prepare your question and frame it. In fact, while speakers are speaking and I'm taking notes, I ask what I want to ask this or this speaker. And I type down my question in the notes app and I refine it further and further until it's very crisp and short. Why? Because at times the mic doesn't work. At times I have to shout it out and my voice doesn't carry this far away. It may carry to the speaker, but not to the audience. And the speaker may not repeat it for the audience. They may not be that thoughtful. Or at times, even the moderator may have to repeat it because the mic isn't working. There could be a lot of things that could happen. So keep it very crisp and short. And most of all, keep it relevant to the meeting. The meeting may have a theme. The event may have a theme. So please keep it very relevant to it. 
the person on the dais may be wearing multiple hats but today in this moment of time he's here for a very specific reason so make sure your question is relevant for that and for the audience so here's a simple way to remember this make sure your question follows cue it must be quick it must be useful and it must be effective to be effective it has to be relevant to the audience to you and to the speaker who you are asking it to so quick useful and effective quick useful and effective q here's a quick aside about raising hands i almost always notice people raising half hands they almost raise their hand till their level of their head and they somehow stop and and times i'm so lazy they raise it only till their shoulder level and then they stop no you want to make sure you raise your hand ramrod straight up in the air as if you're doing an aerobic exercise so it's wide open and up and clearly visible to everybody that shows a mark of confidence and in fact if you're keenly aware of the audience you'll be able to figure out just the right moment to raise the hand when the panelist or the moderator is panning their eyes around the entire audience and you see an awkward silence especially for the first question you get to chime in and raise your hands ramrod up and straight and that is a bold and confident move i hope you get to experience that that kick is a very different one how to become a powerful super host that isn't a word i made it up why because when i would go to events people would assume with the way my i behave and i move around that i am the host and i suddenly realized i'm just an ally or a friend of the host because of the things that i do so i call it super host the three ways you can be a powerful super host making everyone feel involved for a long time i felt i never belonged and every now and then somebody would generously ask me to join the conversation or if i was already part of the circle involve me by asking my opinion or turn around and look at me and smile and that was so powerful I want you to do the same for so many others who are not included who feel they don't belong at a place a lot of people have really high walls around them especially when they go to events where they are going to meet strangers a lot of them also have a facade that helps them sail through the questions that they have prepared or what they are used to but they are always individuals who you can notice again situational awareness is so critical who you notice hanging by themselves or are in a corner or even in a discussion are completely on mute are a silent audience you get to give them a voice if you feel they're zoning out or are wanting to share something and not able to then you shine the limelight on them bring them into the conversation they may be in the circle but you get to bring them into the conversation it could be as simple as hey you were trying to say something what was that or um connecting two people in the circle saying hey radhika why don't you talk to him or hey how was your weekend sham just by doing that or if none of that is possible just looking at them catching their eyes and smiling at them you get them to get involved at times there would be somebody hanging around like a radical by themselves and it helps us to go up and say hi how are you by initiating this you're also developing 
massive amounts of personal confidence and you're also supporting somebody else feel belonged and involved and engaged in this event and it helps the host because the host can't address everybody and acknowledge them all the time and that's why you get to be the super host you get to be the extension of the host so make sure you keep your eyes open for individuals who are like radicals who are loitering around the entire space killing time feeling bored disinvolved disengaged you get to involve them you get to bring them into the conversation to the magic of what you're trying to create in this event so please make sure you involve others into the conversation into the event your hosts will thank you and the person whom you involved will love you for it i've had so many instances of people telling me thank you for showing up because i've made them feel included involved belonged group hopping yes <laughs> you will do a lot of group hopping because you are the super host you don't have to stay the whole time listening somebody else or somebody out yes this is sort of contradicted to what i just shared with you about making people feel included when you are the super host you get to give yourself the permission to hop between groups between people and circles or even tables why because then you get to have a vibe that you build somewhere you get you you leave the group with a joke or with a laughter and you step out or at times i've even left groups in the middle of somebody sharing the story because i know i can always get back to the story and i know everybody else is engaged and i see another group on the side that isn't really engaged or involved and they're just like looking around or not involved or i'm just curious to see hey what's happening there why are they making so much of ruckus or kalata i want to be a part of that for a moment so i leave this group and i go there to that group interact with them for a bit build up the vibe and then go to another group and interact with them and then come back to the first group and by this time i have a very different changed energy and the group completely takes me in like they let me go out so it's very flowed you don't have to stay this is not a classroom where you wait for the period to get over no not at all you are very spontaneous and you have the situation awareness and you move around the room you group hop third thing is filling the gaps now there could be multiple gaps that a host or an event organizer would not have thought of it could be like chairs for the judges it could be a mic runner it could be it could be a photographer there's a lot of things that a host or an event management team overlooked simplest of things are always overlooked in events these could be as teeny tiny as somebody for the registrations to write the registration tags or somebody to peel the registration stickers so the attendees can stick it on their arms it could be a mic runner for the q and a question it could be a photographer for a group photo these really teeny tiny things where a venue has maxed out of audience and this happens so many times when i go to startup events in bangalore but the venue is maxed out with audience and people are standing and you need somebody to manage the standing crowd or to tell the main organizer or the building admin that hey we need more chairs these thoughtful gestures are how you get to be a super host so make sure you keep your eyes and ears open for these gaps and you fill them as you notice them give yourself the permission to do so there is no requirement for you to have a specific tag or a special permission no it's better to say sorry than to wait for somebody else to take action and fill the gap take the action initiate and fill the gap that you notice everybody else will notice and 
and they will thank you for it. Maybe verbally, uh, which has happened so many times to me, of people thanking me, saying, hey, thank you for arranging the seats. Or right now that I'm recording this solo episode in WeWork is a direct benefit of me helping WeWork out in an event where they had maxed out the entire hall and about half the audience was standing. So I had to move the audience around and get more chairs from the admin so we could get everybody seated. Now, the admin was a little reserved because you, <laughs> the event was happening and the speakers speaking and I was like, no, no, we, we're going to still do this. I moved the audiences around. I made sure everybody got to have a seat and everybody was comfortable. And because of that, he was like, hey, this is amazing. Thank you for supporting. I want to give you like five days free. You can come and use the facility as and how you want it. And that's how I get to use the WeWork space today. So people notice and people thank you in ways that you cannot imagine. So get to be the super host. Another way to be a super host, to be a matchmaker. When you notice somebody is in an industry and is looking for something in the conversation you're having and you know somebody who you've met already and you know, hey, wait, there is a match here. I always do this. I, I actually call people's name out while in the middle of the conversation. Hey, turn around, say hi. And I make them both <laughs> say hi to each other or wave to each other. Or at times, if it is really relevant, I hold them by their hands, take them out of the circle or the group and go to the group where this other person is that's relevant and I want them both to interact and i've done it so many times and people have thanked me later on linkedin messages on whatsapp saying i'm so happy that you connected me with somebody else at times when it's really relevant i've called people back to the venue saying hey you know what you've missed meeting somebody really important please come back and i want you to have a quick conversation with them and they come back that they drive back or they come back while they're going for sutta and they have a conversation and that has led to investments that have led to friendships. And I love doing it. It's magical. So I, I hope and wish that you get to experience these too. And you have to be a super host for that. When you're meeting people, this is very critical. How is it that you remember, store and recall their names, their data, their numbers, their milestones? Because it's important to not just remember people's faces, but their names, their backgrounds. And when you meet hundreds of people, it's very hard. So you need a system in place that works. How to save names is already covered in another solo episode focused on WhatsApp. So that's linked in the show notes. But how do you remember names, people, their faces and any specific milestone or their company names or their, what they are building while you meet hundreds of people week after week? This has been a personal challenge of mine that I've worked on for years to remember people's names. In fact, there have been so many embarrassing moments where I've met somebody and I've run into them again after a few weeks or months. And especially during college when I've run into them in a few days or even a few hours and I would not remember the name. And so I took it upon myself to do something about it, to remember people's names. I was able to short circuit it by saving the names creatively on my phone and then taking pictures of them and saving it. And then when I meet them or when I see them from afar, I sort of think of what I had saved their name as or what they may be into and look into my contacts and then, oh, okay, this is the name of the person. Now I've done those hacks. However, I think that really doesn't work <laughs> when you meet them back, people back to back. So one thing that has really helped has been exercises in the two books that I've mentioned in the show description. It is really worth buying them and sitting with them and, and doing these exercises on a daily basis. It's really worth the time and investment to buy these books and to go through the exercises 
and complete at least one of them this month. The interesting thing is they are all foreign <laughs> names and are people who are mostly American or African and they don't have Indian faces and Indian names. However, the principles are just the same. And that is why I'm recommending these two books for you. One is Remembering People, The Key to Success by Harry Lorraine. And the second is How to Remember Names and Faces, Master the Art of Memorizing Anyone's Name by Louis Angel. Now, both of these books are in the show description. I highly recommend you to not only buy them, but take the time to do the exercises. They have some fascinating exercises and they slowly build up from five faces and names to 25 or 30 faces and names in one stretch. And you'll be able to remember and recall them. Now, here's a small part I want to read from Harry Lorraine's books. Introduction. Remembering people is as easy as one, two, three, four, five. Yes, it has taken me a long while to get here. However, once you understand the basic principle of noticing people's faces and storing their names on their face using creative memorizing techniques, it will become very easy. Now, here's what Harry Lorraine is saying. Be sure to hear the name. If you didn't get it, admit it. There have been so many times that I've asked people, hey, what is it again? Or I just say openly, hey, teach me how to say your name. And they love it especially when it's a new name or an, an already common name, but in a new pronunciation. Try to spell the name or ask the person to spell it for you. Yes, I especially do it when I'm saving their names. If it's a complicated name, I just hand my phone to them and tell them, hey, you know what, why don't you type it? It's much better. And then type it and then I try to read it and it helps me to remember the names. Make a remark about the name to yourself or to the person, especially if you have somebody like if you meet a Hari and somebody in your family is a Hari, then why don't you point it out? Hey, even my cousin's a Hari and, and that helps. Or they have a very unusual name. Like I met Evelyn this week and I'm like, huh, that's the first. Please tell me what it means, where it's from. And that's the conversation starter. It helps me understand the background of the name. Use the name during the conversation. Please use the name while you're interacting with them. Call them by their names. Not repeatedly and too often, but just enough that you are comfortable using them while you're with them. Use the name again when you say goodbye. Remembering people will make people happy to see you and can make the difference between success and failure for you, socially and in business. And take it from me, boys and girls. It does make a huge difference. When you remember somebody's name, and are able to recall when you run into them, oh my God, they glow up like the most sparkling light bulb you've ever seen. And they are so happy and thrilled that you remember them. It's a beautiful way to make people feel they belong, they are cared for, they are noticed. So please invest in those two books. Another thing that I do when I'm saving names, though I go really deep in it in another episode that I've linked already, a few pointers that will help you right away is... When you're saving their names, make sure you take selfies with them so you remember where you first met them. And it helps when they call you or you call them because your entire screen is filled with your first selfie with them. And that brings up all the memories of the event. It's a beautiful trigger to bring back all these interactions you've had with them or where you met or what you were wearing or what they were wearing or what you were doing when you met them. And it's fascinating. So make sure you take selfies with them when you're saving their number. I usually open my phone app 
on my iPhone and I hand it over to them so they can type their number out. Or I'm, I I take it in if it's somebody senior and somebody well-respected. So I, I make sure I take it down. And when I'm typing their name, irrespective of who it is, if it's a complicated name, I give it to them. Or if it's a, it's a fancy spelling, then I hand it over to them and say, hey, please type it out so I can get it right. And they appreciate it. And once I have their name in, I always make sure I take a selfie with them right after that. And this is done. Their exchange of information is complete here. What I do after I go back home with this contact is something that you will get to know in the next solo episode because that comes in follow-up. However, a quick sneak peek, Bantayar, is that I always make sure there is something interesting we speak about. Um, it could be a milestone, a recent accomplishment, their birthdays, their founding anniversary when they started their startup all of these are something that i make a quick mental note of and if there is time i quickly type it out in notes in the contact itself so when i go back home i can always connect it back into my overall system so i know when their milestone is being celebrated and i always make sure i send them a wish or a message especially an audio message because i love my voice and people love my voice i send it out to them so that's another really cool way to save people and to make them feel connected 